If you're new to the podcast community and you want to start a new podcast and you're looking for a platform that is user-friendly, that has everything you need at your fingertips, that won't set any limits, that you can earn money, then I would recommend Anchor. Now, Anchor can be used basically anywhere. You could be in your car, you can be laying on the sofa in bed where you can edit, um, record, and upload. Um, You can throw in um, soundtracks. You can, I mean, everything is there for you. Now, I use it because, like, it's user-friendly and um, it is free. And I find it really easy to navigate without it being very confusing now most platforms you know before you can even try it out you need to sign up and pick a plan I like anchor because I don't have to go through any of that so I recommend it now if you really want to get into it I recommend you going to your website anchor.fm and you know signing up or you can download anchor.fm from the google store itunes um, and give it a try so don't forget to go to anchor.fm sign up and i'll see you all in podcast community something with UFOs and I saw this um, on the search I did and I figured we're going to talk about Alaska UFOs and Japan so if you hear want to hear more stay tuned go grab yourself a coffee a frap a nice tea a beer a glass of wine whatever your choice of poison is and come and join me in my paranormal world so if you haven't guessed it folks I'm gonna be talking about the Japan Japan Airlines flight 1628 incident now Japan Airlines flight 1628 was um, a UFO incident that occurred in uh, I think it was November 17th of 1986 involving a Japanese Boeing 747-200F cargo aircraft. Now, this aircraft was en route from Paris to Narita International Airport, which happens to be near Tokyo. Now, on the Reykjavik 
um, to Anchorage section of this flight um, around 1711 right over eastern Alaska the crew of the flight witnessed two unidentified flying objects to their left so now imagine you're the captain and the co-captain first mate whatever you want to call them and you're flying the aircraft and to your left you see these two circular disc um, objects you have no idea what they are okay um, now these objects rose from below and came close to the aircraft in an escort kind of shape now each aircraft had two rectangular um, glowing nozzles or thrusters but trippy part the body of the aircraft was still black um, when the craft would come close to the cockpit it literally brightened the entire cabin up and the captain said he can feel the heat from it on his face now these two aircrafts departed before a larger third unidentified flying object started to um, trail them now at the same time Anchorage air traffic control um, requested that an oncoming United Airlines flight confirm the identified traffic but when it and a military craft sighted at JL 1628 at about 1751 no other craft could be distinguished the sighting according to um, most lost about 15 minutes and it ended in the vicinity of Denali so you you figure that so let's go let's deep dive a little deeper now we know that this incident happened on November 17 1986 the Japanese crew of JL Boeing 747 cargo freighter witnessed three UFOs after sunset while flying over eastern Alaska the objects seem to like darkness to their left to avoid the brighter skies to their right now at least the first two of the objects were observed by all three crew members captain kenju terauchi an ex-fighter pilot with more than 10,000 hours of flight experience and in the uh, cockpit's left-handed seat, co-pilot Takanori Tamefuji in the right-hand seat. 
and flight engineer Yoshitsuka Uba. Now, the route, the routine cargo flight entered Alaska on autopilot, cruising about 565 miles per hour and about an altitude around 35,000 feet. Now, at 17.09, the Anchorage ATC, Air Traffic Control, advised a new heading towards Takainta, Alaska. Don't know. Now, as soon as the Japanese cargo plane straightened out of a turn at 17.11, Captain Taroshi noticed two crafts to his far left and some 2,000 feet below his altitude, which he automatically assumed it was a military aircraft. Now, these were pacing his flight path and speed. Now, between 1718 and 1719, the two objects abruptly veered to a position about 500 feet to to about a thousand feet in front of the aircraft. Now they assumed a stacked configuration. Now in doing so they activated a kind of reverse thrust and their lights began um, dazzling bright. Now they have a picture of what it would look like and it's kind of trippy. Um, to match the speed of the aircraft from their sideways approach, the objects displayed what Terauchi described as a disregarded inertia. The thing was flying as if there was no such thing as gravity. It sped up, then stopped, then flew at our speed in our direction so that to us it appeared to be standing still. The next incident the next instant, it changed course. In other words, the flying object have overcome gravity. The reverse thrust, thrust caused a bright flare for three to five sec, three to seven seconds, to the extent that the captain could feel the warmth of their globes. Now, air traffic control was notified at this point, which was about 17, 19, 15 seconds who could not confirm any traffic in the indicated position. Now, after three to five minutes, the objects assumed a side-to-side -side configuration, which they maintained for another 10 minutes. They accompanied the aircraft with an undiluting motion and some back and forth rotation of the jet nozzles, which seemed to be under automatic control causing them to flare with brighter or duller luminosity. Now, each object had a square shape, consisting of two rectangular arrays of what happened to be glowing nozzles or thrusters, separated by a dark central section. Now, the captain speculated in his drawings that the objects would appear cylindrical if viewed from another angle, and that observed moment of the nozzles could be described two cylinders rotations. Now, the objects abruptly left the sky 
at about 1723 with 13 seconds moving to a point below the horizon to the east now the third object now where the first two objects disappeared the captain now noticed a pale band of light that mirrored their altitude speeding and and direction setting their onboard radar scope to about 25 nautical miles range. Now he confirmed that the object in the expected 10 o'clock direction, about 7.5 nautical mile distance, and informed the Alaskan traffic control of its presence. Now Anchorage found nothing on their radar. Um, but NORAD Regional Operations Control Center directly, directly in this fight path reported a surge primarily return after some minutes. All the cities, all, as the city lights of Fairbanks began to illuminate the object believed to perceive the outline of the gigantic spaceship on his port side. Now this is the captain who who um, stated that it's twice the size of an aircraft carrier. It was, however, outside First Officer Timofuji's field of view. The object followed in information or in the same relative position throughout the 45 degree turn and descended from 35,000 feet to about 31,000 feet and a 360 degree turn. Now, short range radar at Fairbanks Airport failed however to register the object now Anchorage air traffic controlled offered military intervention which was declined by the pilot due to his knowledge of the mantle incident the object was n was not noted by any of the two planes which approached the JL 1628 to confirm its presence by which time JL 1628 had also lost sight of it JAL 1628 arrived in Anchorage at 1820. Okay, so we have this the, the observation of all three of foes via the captain, the co-captain, or the first cap, first person, and the engineer. Now let's talk about the aftermath. Now, Captain Hiroshi cited in the official Federal Aviation Administration report, the object was a UFO. In December of 86, Teroshi gave an interview to two Kodo news journalists. J.L. soon grounded him for talking to the press and moved him to a desk job. What fucking sucks? He was reinstated as a pilot several years later and retired eventually in North Kanto, Japan. The FPAA Public Information Officer in Anchorage on December 24th and received confirmation of the incident, followed by the UPI on the 29th. The FAA's Alaskan Regional Consultant, John Callahan, and the FAA's Division Chief of in Accidents and Investigations Branch, as they wanted to know what to tell the media about the UFO. John Callahan was unaware of such incident, considering it likely an early flight of the stealth bomber. 
then in development. He asked the Alaskan region to forward the relevant data to their technical city in Atlantic City, New Jersey, where he and his superior played back the radar data and tied it in to the voice tapes by videotaping the concurrent playbacks. A day later, the FAA headquarters, they braced they briefed Vice Admiral Donald E. Ingen, who watched the whole video f to of over a half an hour and asked them not to talk to anybody until they were given the okay, and to prepare for an encompassing presentation of the data for a group of government officials the next day. The meeting was intended by representatives of the FBI, CIA, President Reagan's specific study team, among others. Now, upon completion of the presentation, all present were told that the incident was secret and that their meeting never took place. Cover up. Now, according to Callahan, the officials consider the data to represent the first instance of a recorded radar data of a UFO, and they took the possession of all presented data. John Callahan, however, managed to retain the original video, the pilot's report, and the FAA's first report in his office. The forgotten target printouts and the computer data was also rediscovered, from which all targets can be reproduced that were in the sky at the time. Now after a three-month investigation, the FAA formally released the results at a press conference held in March of 1987. Paul Stuckey retracted his earlier FAA suggestions that the controllers confirmed a UFO and ascribed it to a split radar image, which appeared with unfortunate timing. He clarified that the FAA did not have enough material to confirm that something was there, and though they were accepting the descriptions by the crew, they were unable to support what they saw. A sighting received special attention from the media as a supposed instance of tracking of a UFO on both ground and airborne radar. Now, observed by experienced airline pilots with subsequent confirmation of the FAA Division Chief. Subsequent... <laughs> Other Alaska sightings. I can't speak tonight. Alaska Airlines Flight 53 UFO. Now, on January 29th, 1970, 1987, at 18.40, Alaska Airlines 53 observed a fast-moving object on their onboard weather radar. While at 35,000 feet and some 60 miles west of McGarth, on a flight from Nome to Anchorage, the radar registered a strong target at their 12 o'clock position at 25 miles range. While they could not distinguish the object or light visually, they noticed that the radar object was increasing its distance at a, high, at a very high rate. With every sweep of the radar, about a second apart, the object arrived 5 miles to its distance, translating to a speed of about 18,000 miles per hour. The pilot, however, relayed the speed of a mile a second to the control app tower or a speed of 3,600 miles per hour. 
but confirmed that the target exceeded both the 50 mile and the 100 mile ranges of their radar scope in a matter of seconds. The object was outside of the radar range of the Alaska Air of the sorry of the range of the Anchorage ARTC. In addition, radar data covering the specific time and location failed to the pilot's claim. The KC-135 observation, a U.S. Air Force KC-135 jet flying from Anchorage to Fairbanks once again observed a very large disc-shaped object on January 30th, 1987, my birthday. The pilot reported the object was about 40 feet from the aircraft. The object then disappeared out of sight. Now here's some expert um, of communication with uh, Anchorage Air Traffic Controller. KC-135, do you have traffic for us around 1 o'clock? Can't really tell the distance. Seems to be about low altitude. The AATCC, actor 29 negative. I have no traffic in your 1 o'clock. KC-135, we're from California. Just visiting up here. People see this sort of thing a lot, apart from the Jap Japan airline types. AATCC, Actor 29, very rare seeing the lights up here. AATCC, Actor 29, the quality assurance staff at Anchorage Center has requested that you give them a call after you land at Elysian. KC135. That is concerning the object we were looking at. AATC. Affirmative, sir. Now, um, another excerpt from uh, a different um, incident. At 1839, AS53, Center 553. 1839 ZAN Alaska 53 go ahead any traffic in this uh, area do you head it towards Anchorage 1839 with 36 seconds uh, I have one coming outbound from Anchorage towards McGrath at this time it's Pepper Navajo at 12,000 and uh, I have a same direction Ryan Air Beach zero two estimating over McGrath zero four zero eight at two five zero. Other than that, I don't have any other airplanes. Eighteen thirty nine five two, AS dash five three. Okay, we're just curious up at uh. Okay, we're just curious up at about our altitude. Uh, headed that direction. Thanks. You haven't had any UFO reports lately, huh? 1840 with 10 seconds. ZAN. Well, I was just getting ready to ask you about that. Uh, could you tell me uh, the position of your aircraft? 1840 with 15 seconds. AS-53. Yeah, it's just underneath our radar. Picked up a blimp, moving about a mile a second. Just pulled out straight ahead of us and disappeared. Garbled. Shot him, but uh, then he was there. Then he was gone. 
1840 with 26 seconds ZAN Alaska 53 Roger and uh, uh, do you have any visual sighting with that aircraft or anything like that 1840 with 32 seconds AS-53 negative we just picked up on radar the uh, traffic and I just watched it just pulled out straight ahead of us and just disappeared in a matter of seconds 1840 with 41 seconds ZAN Alaska 53 Roger standby please 18 with four, 1844 with 31 seconds AS-53 Anchorage Alaska 533 McGrath 1844 with 34 seconds ZAN Alaska 53 go ahead 1844 with 36 seconds, AS-53, 53 McGrath at 0344, level 350, Anchorage 0414 landing, 1844 with 45 seconds, ZAN, Alaska-53, Roger, contact Anchorage Center, 118.260, DME, Southeast F of McGrath, and I just checked on this. We don't have any military as active. There shouldn't be any military aircraft over. We're uh, not talking to at this time. Operating in your vicinity. Uh, have you shown anyone else the radar since the last uh, contact? 1845 with 3 seconds. AS-53. Uh, no, sir. 1845 with dash. It was 6 seconds. ZAN. Alaska 53. We'll see you next time. Good day. 1845 with 8 seconds, AS-53, garble transmission. So, there's a lot of expert excerpts regarding this Japanese flight. What do you guys think? Do you think Alaska is a hot spot for activity? Um, I'm curious to know. Because I remember seeing this um, on a lot of uh, TV shows about this. And, um, it's just weird that there's something, it has to do with the Alaska tr uh, Triangle. I swear it has to do with the Alaska Triangle. With the Bigfoots, and the UFOs. Something over Alaska is attracting those two. That's my belief. I cold-heartedly believe that those two things are going on. And I believe Alaska is a hotbed for UFO activity. And if the Japanese flight is the first one to actually track it, and have proof of it, but then the government steps in and covers it up. That's kind of stupid. I mean, if there's UFOs, there's UFOs. There's there's no point in hiding it. Plain and simple. But again, you know the United States government. It'll do what it needs to do to keep it hush-hush. Damn the government. Okay, well that was my little episode. Um, Japanese air flight that encountered a UFO. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share the podcast on whatever platform you listen to, from Pandora Radio 
to Amazon Music, to iHeartRadio. Um, share, it helps with the ratings. And if you have any comments, questions, concerns, by all means, leave a message and I will get back to you. With that being said, I will talk to you all next time. We will be talking about urban legends in the state of Hawaii. You all have a good night. Stay safe. And don't forget to keep it ghosting. Thank you.